Stacy, I, I don't know if you can stay around. Thomas wanted to continue on this conversation. Hey, Thomas. I'm to pop out for I can hop back in a few if somebody needs me, but if not, I'm going to head out. I got a couple of minutes. No, it doesn't matter. What you guys can split, you could stay, but this conversation has been wonderful, man. It really has. It really has. The the uh the Stacy prior and then the Stacy now. And so I'm going to piggyback off this conversation because this is this is what I do. This is what my podcast Ooh, is. This is this is who I am. I am the change that you guys uh uh refer to. Um, so a little bit about me. I'm the I'm Thomas Freeme, uh, known on social media as Thomas Freeme. I have the Thomas Freeme TV and podcast show, and what I deal with is stigma. Mm. I deal with trauma. I deal with addiction, incarceration, um, things of that nature. My background is uh, I've been a criminal my whole life. Uh, I started at 13 years old, just breaking into houses. <clears throat> and so I've been raised in state facilities most of my life. I've been inside state facilities more than I have been free. Mm. Uh, I spent 13 years in a federal institution and just came home in 2016 at 40 years old. Mm. I came home uh, born again not as religion wise, but just a completely different person. Mm. Uh, you could say that it's born again in, in the ideology and the philosophy that I, I teach. And I try to get people to understand what that really means in the physical sense, how we can be born again and change our lives. Uh, as you guys said, it's, it's, it's hard, but it's easy. And it's, it's easy as long as you're just honest. This is the message that I teach. I had to be honest with myself. And, and where my honesty came from was the day that I had to rip, you know, my child away from me, my only flesh and blood mm. out, of, out of my arms and push her away because my visitation with her was over mm. and she didn't want to go home. She wanted to stay with me. And that day was a day that I went back and my life changed because I was honest with myself. You know, I stopped lying to myself. I stopped covering myself. I stopped telling myself that I was a good person. I stopped telling myself that I wasn't a liar and things of that nature because I'm doing these things and this isn't what good people do. So I had to come to grips with myself on that day and just stop lying to myself and be honest. I am a thief. I am a manipulator. I am these things that I'm mm. trying to, to convince people that I'm not. Mm. And from that day, the realization that came to me was, you know what? I call myself my name, but that's not who I am. I don't even know who I am. All these choices and decisions that I've been making my whole life have been based upon other people's opinions and ideologies that they've put into my head since I was a child and didn't even know it. So what ends up happening is we've been leading other people's lives, whether it's our parents, our spouses, or whoever it is that they have an idea of what my life should look like. And from that point on, I washed everything from my education. I stopped reading fiction books. 
I stopped watching fiction TV. I really stopped watching TV altogether, which we can get into that as well. But it, and, and I just started putting what I wanted inside of my head. And I ran across Socrates and, and the works of Plato, and I studied that book from front to back many times, right? And what that taught me was logic. And what I come to understand is logic is not taught in schools. And logic is what the differentiator between fiction and reality is. So when we have these kids out here shooting up these schools and, and, and people doing the things that they're doing, there's no logic in there to, to, to separate the fiction from the reality, you know? And this is what's going on in America. And, and this is what my show is about, is just bringing education. I bring people on that have issues going on in their communities that they reach out to their congressmen, they reach out to the representatives and they're not getting no answers. They can't get no publicity. I bring them on, we talk, we discuss, but I want all my guests to understand that no matter what you're coming on to my show to explain and talk about, the, the bottom line of what I want you to understand is 99% of everything that's going on in your life is you bringing that onto yourself with the decisions that you're making, the choices that you're making, whether they're conscious or unconscious, subconscious, you know? So it's getting people to realize this and change their lives as, as you ladies have articulately explained in, in both of your programs. So um, I really appreciate Tina putting me in this slot because you guys really helped me out. I'm over here like, damn, what the hell am I? I guess I'm just gonna go on here and just talk about me. And then I put on the headphones and I'm listening to the con. I'm like, whoa, like these guys are, are on it. And I love the consciousness of that because what you guys are saying is, is what everybody has to do. I heard one of the ladies talking about self-reflection. We should do that every once in a while. We should do that every night. And, and that's what I've learned is that Media, TVs, social media, all of these things have been put in place to keep us distracted from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to sleep. So when does that self-reflection come in? You know, we're listening to TV till we fall asleep or we're doing things to put us to sleep because, as another lady has said, we don't like to be alone with our thoughts. So there's never no self-reflection. So you're leaving one day and going into the next with whatever occurred the previous day not resolving in your mind and you're carrying this day in and day out. I'm trying to show my people, my, my we the people, this isn't my channel, this is we the people's channel. And I'm trying to get people to understand that we have been placed in a survival mode mentality. We're constantly just trying to grab what we can in front of us to survive. And this is why we're turning into a narcissistic country or we are a narcissistic country. You can see it in the way people drive, the way people are in the supermarkets. Just everybody is thinking about themselves. How can I get home faster? How can I get this toy before somebody else gets it? And this is causing the division in the communities. And I believe that it's just coming through the media because it's it's constantly keeping us distracted. And look how we treat each other. Look how we treat our American citizens. Look how the police treats us. So this is this is the premise of my show. So thank you guys for allowing me to come on because my issue is 
I built everything that I have from scratch with no knowledge by myself. I have a foundation and outreach program that's now nationally recognized. I have inmates on my channel, Tamujin Kinsu, and many others that are, are innocent, that have been begging for innocence to prove that, that, they, that they're innocent of their crimes. I have them on my podcast. I talk about crimes. I talk about my crimes. And I'm bringing my mental, my, my criminal mental landscape and exposing that for people to bring me on their shows and talk about things. You know, maybe, maybe agencies can bring me in and have me look at unsolved murders and things of that nature to have a criminal aspect to get me, you know, who knows I'm here to help. And the only way I can do that is to provide this channel because if I didn't, I would just be an ex-con on the street with no work experience doing my daily job, which is Uber. So I built all of this um, for exposure. I don't know how to get exposure, which is why Tina has suggested that I, I come on here and, and uh, you know, provide what it is that I do. So here I am. And I thank you guys for allowing me the time to, to come on and share. So thank you. Thank you. Questions. Awesome. Well, I, can't, I hopped in late, but um, first of all, I am super impressed with, it sounds like you've got a lot of amazing things going on and that you're reaching a segment of the population that really, you're helping them wake up to see kind of what's going on around them and being a voice to the voiceless. I love that. I appreciate that. And that's that's what's important to me is is exactly what you said, the voice for the voiceless. There's many and we're ignoring these people. The thing with me is, is incarceration. We have over 2 million people incarcerated, right? Where are these people going to go when they get out? They're going to go into our communities without the structure or training or the rehabilitation to fix what the issue was when they went in. I've seen guys that were down 20 years, 30 years in the same mental landscape as when they went in after 30 years because there's nothing you can just go in there and watch TV and play dominoes all day and just be the same person you was on the street because you love who you are and you don't want to change, but you're not realizing that you are in the, the slum bucket of society. You know, that that's what ended up having me change was like, I don't belong here. I'm more intelligent than this. I'm better than this. You know, I do not belong around these type of people just talking about drugs and crimes and things all day, you know, and that, that is what pushed me to change. And if I can change, anybody can change. I know it's cliche. We say that once, you know, once we, we realize that, but it's okay. And that's the premise of what I say, no matter what you are, if you're a prostitute and you're tricking 15 times a day and you're strung out on heroin, it's okay. It's okay because these decisions that led you to where you're at right now are other people's decisions. And that is causing conflict in you because you don't know who you are. So again, you can have that quote unquote born again moment and say, you know what? Today I'm, I'm being me for a change. And I don't like what it is that I'm doing. So I'm going to change that. The past is okay. What, what makes it not okay in our mind is stigma. You know, it's what we're worried about what the other person thinks about us. You know, somebody was talking about selfishness. 
and 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 that selfishness is okay god gave us selfishness for a reason we have selfishness for a reason it's just what we do with it and how we use it selfishness because self comes first before all things right i'm the creator i create everything in my life so if that is not pure and preserved, if I'm not selfish in that nature to make sure that I'm putting the proper education in my mind, if I'm not selfish to make sure that who I have around me is benefiting me and my goals in my life, if I'm not selfish in that, putting myself first in that nature, then I'm constantly putting other people first and I'm living other people's lives. So when the boundaries come is when you have enough courage to tell people no like i i have to work today i can't you know and i have to concentrate on my work if i can't do it after work or anything like that is it's just knowing your boundaries your self-worth and making sure that you put yourself first and this is why we have the selfishness Absolutely. my philosophy is is being born again I, th I believe what the bible preaches is not so much as as being dipped in some river but more along the lines of, of leaving the materialism and coming into the spiritualism, right? And, and understanding that we are born into sin. We are born into the flesh. And everything that we see with the eyes is of the flesh, is of material. So until we understand that the eyes don't see everything that's proven scientifically, you can take a tuning fork and it'll disappear right in front of you. So that tells you that there are things that work at a higher vibration that we can't see. It's proven scientifically, it's right in front of you. People need to see this in order to believe. So it's knowing that there are things that are working that we can't see and understanding how that vibration works, you know, and, and wanting to, to get into that. So that's me in a nutshell, man, that's what I do. That's deep. Heck yeah. I love it. I think it's so wicked. Like, I love the points that you're making and how important it is to look inward. You know, I, I think, yeah, we can get distracted. It's, it's so easy now. It's so easy. We walk around with computers in our pockets. You know, who would even think that that day would, would be here today? But if we, it's so funny because I was just thinking when you were speaking, you know, even if somebody says they're like not religious or not spiritual or so, why is it that in moments when we are at like the brink of breaking, we always call on God? Why is that? Why is that part of us? Why is it in our language, you know, to speak to, and it's not even God itself. I mean, why is it that we are calling out to a higher power? Why is that in us to do that in those moments? You know, and, and those are the questions that I feel we need to look into that space just a little bit more. And we'll find I have a our great, guiding light. I have a great philosophy for that. And, you know, people look at me crazy or however, because you it's it's almost it's almost uh, it, it's 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 an abomination to speak it. But the thing of it is, is that when I say that I am God. Right. I am God. And, and what that means is the, 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 the biblical text tell you this, like you are made in the likeness and image of God. If you take a glass and you make 
another thing in the likeness and image of that glass, that means that you have two glasses and that that replica is expected to work in the likeness and image of its founding model. So I am God. Stacy is God. Jeff is God. Maria is God. We are all God and we are all the creator of our universe. Right. And it's 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 knowing that this is why I, I, I don't like religion, because religion makes you seek for God as an outside source. So when we're in these moments of despair and we're looking outward for this God to save us, to unlock my door and get me out of segregation, to, to, to do these these things for me. And it never happens. What happens? I start doubting him. But I never look inward for God because I have been taught that God is something that we preach to, that we pray to. And prayer and meditation is, is, is the same. It's the same thing. It's the same practice. Only meditation is inward. Prayer is outward. And when we, when we just understand these things, right, it's okay. Like, like I tell people, no matter what religious text you follow, it is a way of a good, wholesome, positive life. And if you follow any of those religious texts, you're going to have a good, strong, you know, family unit. You're going to have a good life, you know, but is, is, is that what you're seeking or are you seeking to progress? I believe in life after death. I believe that our spirits, our souls are continuously trying to progress to to become like the ultimate father, to become that pureness, that just that good, wholesome pureness. And I believe that we come to this physical level because this is where we can experience love at a physical sense with our five senses, you know, you know, touch, taste, hearing. We can't do that in a spiritual realm. We can only do that here. So this is experience. We come here. We love different things. This is when you look at life like that, this is what makes you be so self, you know, retrospective that when you see a homeless man, you're like, well, maybe that's his experience. Who am I to say that he's not enjoying his life or that he looks miserable? That's his experience. That's not my experience. I am not here for that. But maybe that person is, you know, and. You just look at things like that. And then it just it just made me start judging myself before I judged anybody else. I see a crackhead. I used to sell drugs to them. I used to be just as bad as they were. I used to be a manipulator. I was an addict myself. I was, you know, so it's just I was all of these things. And it just made me. The outcome of all of this thinking has produced within me coming home four years, even though it, it hasn't helped with my bills yet, but it's coming. So I don't even stress on things like this again, because it's all preparation. It's all manifestation. But I've been in episode uh, season four of Ozarks coming up, uh, episode six and nine. I'm in a show called um, Terror on Lakewood Drive. I am now, I got my first speaking lines as co-starring part as Officer Paul Larkin in the screenplay, the, uh, the stage performance of American Sun down in Miami. 
um, my foundation that I, and I've done all of this by myself with no help coming out of a toxic relationship as Tina, Tina knows from our social media or whatnot, but toxic, toxic, you know, somebody constantly over my shoulder telling me I'm wasting my time. I look like a fool. My, my podcast is stupid. You know, nobody want, nobody cares about inmates. You know, th these are the things that I was constantly hearing as I'm building my business, you know, and it's imperative that people understand that when you have self-worth, when you know, when you know that you are a beautiful person and you have confidence in who you are and what you're doing, all of that stuff just bounces off you. It just, you just hear it and you're like, why do you talk to another human like that? What do you get out of talking to somebody like that? Like, if you're that unhappy, then just leave, you know, and it's, and it's just stuff that just, and I just continue and, and we have to do that so we can be better parents for our children and our children ain't out here going crazy, man. So. So what would you tell somebody right now? Like they're, if they're in the middle of a toxic situation, cause I would say a, a lot of us have been in toxic situations. Um, and that can be hard to number one, realize to actually recognize it for what it is, first of all. And number two, to figure out, well, how, how do I start to take the steps to get out of that situation? Do you have anything that maybe you can share? Understand, understand that this person has issues and it's not you. First and foremost, for me to recognize that I was in a toxic relationship, I had to understand that a toxic relationship takes two people. So if you're in a toxic relationship, then you first have to ask yourself, what am I doing to make this toxic, right? Why are we arguing all day? What is my part into that? Because if, if it didn't take two people, there would be no toxic relationship because somebody would just leave. So what am I? So it's understanding first and foremost what you are contributing to it, right? And then understand that this person, the names that they call that, they have issues as well. And it's just understanding that one, this is this is an unhealthy relationship. Two, you have to separate. You have to get out of that emotion because a toxic relationship is constant emotion. It's constant reaction. Everything is reacting, you know, and you have to get out of that. Three, four days, five days to where you can decompress and your mind can think, you know, and you can try to resolve then. And if your partner is, is not recognizing what you're recognizing, then you're, you're possibly dealing with a narcissist. And these are the questions that you have to, you have to come, you have to be honest with yourself, but you're never going to recognize those things when you're in the midst of the battle, because blood is being shed and all you're doing is just constantly attacking and defending. So you have to get out of the battle to where you can sit back and scan the battlefield. You know, I, I don't know how many chess players are, but one thing that chess has taught me is that when you're in the middle of the chess game, and you have a spectator, but the spectator recognizes all the moves. They see all the moves on the chessboard, but while you're in there playing chess, you don't see these moves because you have the pressure of the game on you. 
You don't want to make the right move. You're second guessing yourself. You're overthinking, you know, and, but when you're on the sideline, you see all the moves because you don't have the consequences of making the wrong move. You don't have that pressure on you. So when you remove that pressure from yourself, you're able to see all the moves. You're able to think clearly and rationally and make the right decision. But when we're constantly reacting and making decisions in emotional states, we're losing out and we're going to jail, we're turning to drugs, we're turning to alcohol, we're beating our children, we're beating our wives, we're beating our husbands because everything is a reaction and there's never no thought process in there. I mean, just wow. Honestly, I don't even know what to say. I mean, you're you're 100% right. And I know there's a meme that floats around. I don't even know where it came from. This is something like you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick. And I think yep. that's pretty much what you're saying. And I think that is so true because, you know, you're, when you're stuck in the middle of it, you're, you can't even take the time to think through what you need to do. You mentioned the word reaction. You're just constantly reacting to your environment. And, you know, I am a big believer, like you mentioned, that nothing is 100% anybody's fault. You know, um, there's always, you know, a little, I mean, it might be, you know, more on one side than the other, maybe, but, you know, it's never 100% anybody's fault. You know, the only fault. fault, the only fault is ignorance. Yeah. The mm. only thing we can blame ourselves for is ignorance. That's it. The only fault is ignorance. The, 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 the actions come from the ignorance. So it's, it's not blaming ourselves. It's not blaming myself for being a drug dealer or, or anything of that nature. It's, it's blaming myself for not having the education to take that corporate mindset and apply it to business, you know, um, that, that's what I blame myself for. You know, I was a hell of a drug dealer and I built a hell of a corporation. I built my own business in a negative light. So mm. we know that we know that everything has a flip side. We know that good has bad, bad has good, everything. So why can I not do that in a positive light? And that's how I started my foundation. www.cominghomecoalition.com is my foundation. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm a life coach. I implore families that are going through struggles with inmates, have people coming home. They don't know how to, 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 to provide an environment for this guy coming home. I help families with that. Uh, just I'm here to help. That's what I'm here for. And I just need, I need awareness because I'm struggling too. I'm struggling bad. You know, it's, it's tight for me. And I'm almost at a point to where I may have to set this stuff to the side because this is my passion. But as we know, then people don't care about your passion. They want their money. Mm. So. Well, I'm hoping that you get some exposure today. I'm actually going to contact you about being on my show, too. I have a, a, a lot of conversation I think we can have. I've never been incarcerated, but my brother actually is incarcerated right now. He's dealt with all that his entire adult life. And um, I've got to experience it from this end of things. And, you know, it is, I love that you talked about um, that you help people when they're coming home. Cause we, we talk a lot about 
um, soldiers that are coming home. My husband had PTSD coming out of the military. We talk a lot about that, but I don't think there's enough um, light shine, you know, shining on the fa- shining on the fact that inmates coming home also obviously have PTSD, and mm-hmm. there's not enough education um, help involved for the inmate themselves and the family members. Because I yep. love my brother, I wanted to do anything that I could to help him, but you know, the, it just it's not the same. It's it's different. You know, I explained to people within the military, your PTSD is dealing with the unknowing, the unknowing of what can happen at any moment. And you're seeing these unknowings happen in front of you. But when is it going to happen to me? Where in prison, I'm dealing with a, a, a guy that's a, a six, five, 250 pounds. That's a meth addict. Been on meth his whole life. His brain is completely wore out. And he's he's schizophrenic and he's been off his meds for three days and we're locked in a cell together. And he's talking about he hears voices, you know, and I know that he has shanks on him. And it's 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 those type of interactions. It's it's having this guy on top of me, knowing that he's wigging out, trying to kill me and getting getting this guy up off of me. It's it's that type of PTSD that these guys are dealing with. And we deal with that all day, every day for years it's Mm. it's not it's 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 life so as you get up and you go to work every day and come back our life is getting up putting shanks on us suiting up getting ready to do whatever it's it's different it's definitely a broken system um you know just dealing with it from this and the things i've got to see the brokenness there and i mean my brother definitely made his own mistakes but the the way that the justice system is kind of laid out, it is definitely setting people up for failure because, you know, the things that goes on inside of the prison system, which Mm. I'm sure you'd be able to tell way better than I could, but just from what I know, um, there's no healing that can happen. Talk about a toxic environment. You know, you Mm. have to, you know, just to survive the day, you're having to be a person that you're trying to unbecome. Mm. That's, That's exactly it. Without knowing how to do that because you were there in the first place that's what these are the decisions that got you there in the first place and there's nothing to change that so all you guys have to do is google free me podcast free me is one word podcast is separate all my social media comes up my youtube channel i have all of these stories on there i have inmates like i said on there lifelong convicted criminals that have changed their lives i have them on there i have penny pierce a spiritualist on there so counseling i have an episode on toxic relationships with the counselor i have all of this on my channel so it's oh. just amazing super yeah, exciting I th- yes i want to thank you so much for being here it was like in a like an emotional freight train i mean i don't know who's questioning you on what you're doing uh but i right. mean you steamrolled <laughs> i mean that that was intense as i've seen a half an hour of podcasting um you're phenomenal this is a i mean the story is great and and the way you deliver it and talk about these and you're very passionate obviously but i mean you have a talent it's not uh it's i don't know who's questioning you but uh we were all just sitting here mesmerized for yeah, yeah i just haven't looked down i didn't realize how much time had gone by because i'm just like sucked in <laughs> well i appreciate that and it's just conviction it's just knowing i know right. i know you know and it's just this is it's not like I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's it's almost like I'm just a vessel, and and it's like the spiritual realm is just, mm-hmm. 
you're a messenger and this is what you bring. And, and this is why we made you go through what you went through in your life to yep. be able to articulate what you can articulate now and help the people now, because whether people know it or not, we've moved into the age of Aquarius. And what that means is the enlightenment stage. Yeah, I know Marie Things is lighting up now. Oh yeah. I know. And we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll make sure that everybody who reaches out to contact you, will get in touch with you. I do have to get the, the show moving and I appreciate it so much, Thomas.